We're most powerful when we're our whole self, not when we're trying to be this image or just trying to look a certain way and this fake perfection, the filtered Instagram image of ourself, but we're real. And there's this power that comes in that and it's so magnetic and it really opens up your body and it takes out all this stress and your adrenals, your nervous system, your endocrine system, I believe starts to reset the more we are connected to our whole selves. You're listening to the Almost 30 Podcast, hosted by Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. Almost 30 started as a conversation about the transition from our 20s to our 30s. But then we realized life is full of transitions. So we expanded our mission. We are an intuition-led, wellness-focused lifestyle podcast that promises to deliver authentic conversations, diverse points of view, and insights rooted in optimism, growth, and intention. The Almost 30 Nation community is a group of purposeful dreamers who are smart, passionate, and always seeking the full potential in every aspect of their lives. At Almost 30, we're making magic together. We dream it, and then we do it. Thanks so much for tuning into the Almost 30 Podcast. Here we go. I live and embody my truth. (laughs) Is that your mantra? That's my mantra right now. Actually, no, I literally just scrolled Instagram and read a mantra. (laughs) I live and embody my truth. How often do we get like fucking caught by one of those like quote things? I'm like, Hmm. Mm-hmm. Cheesy, but hundred percent. Do you know what your journal? Actually, I pulled that oh. card the other day. Lindsay has a journal in front of her. It's um from the Moon Deck. Oh Rana yeah. Lee. Mm-hmm. What does it say? I shed habits that hinder my truth. Now I really- say it three more times. Hold on. I just <laughs> gotta say it three times for the angels ether. to hear. I shed my habits that hinder my truth. I release and renew. That's a song. I love that song. I shed habits that hinder my truth. Like eating five of those treats right now. I release and renew. I release. Like a goddamn snake. And it has a snake on it, which is so cool. Mine says, it is safe for me to express my sensuality. Oh, that's a good one. Hell yeah, that's a good one. That's really good. I, so I put on a so I put on a push up bra and said, "Hey everyone, I'm expressing Justin. myself." <laughs> Honestly, does he? Would he get freaked out if you wore a push up bra? What was the other day? He was like, "Too much." What was I doing? I was doing something, and he said, "Actually, too much." He's like, "Wow, that's way too much." I forget where I was. I love when like, guys feel the it. moment to do that. They're just like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, I, I can't even remember the last time I did." I actually threw out one that I had. It was from, you know, 1942 from Victoria's Secret, honestly, 14 inches. I know. It's like, I was like, what was the plan here? Uh, you know who I think funded that? Plastic surgeons. Oh, <laughs> oh what was that? Where problem? they get so used to it. And then they're like, you know what? I should just get real. I mean, honestly. Or fake ones. What was I doing though? And my, it was a little much. It was like this. I don't know. But today he was like, you need... He's like, honestly, I think you need to go to rehab. I was like, for what? And he's like, I bought $50 worth of peanut butters and you ate all of them. And then you brought home more because you got for you. free oh. and said they were for me and then ate them all. Oh no. Oh no. So Justin orders like $80 of nut butters. I mean, buy, you're asking for it. And so I eat them Can't all. wait till he puts locks on them. 
honestly, well, he did. He says he keeps trying to put them up higher in our apartment. So he'll put them like on top of shelves, but I'm adapting. So I'm finding ways to get mm. to them. And even like he had the little packets. He's like, you even ate all my single serves. So every time you opened a single serve, you thought of stealing from me. <laughs> What's the thought when you're eating his peanut butter? Meaning this is delicious. And that's the only thought. It's not like, oh, he's gonna no. find out. And then I, and then Lindsay had, you had some. Yeah, I get, because I get, I give Justin my RX pe- peanut butter bars and b- b- butters and whatever. So I brought him home and I'm like, hey, I got you these. And he's like, I know you got those free, but whatever. <laughs> and I was like, here they are. And Our life is regiving. fucking ate them all. Oh my God. <laughs> he's like, honestly, if it was, he's like, if that was alcohol, I'm, I might send you somewhere. That's actually true. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, dude. Oh, but then I was like, yo, quit wearing my fucking bar socks. How does he fit his toes in there? Oh, he you stretches have, them out. Yeah. I have big ass feet, but he yeah. stretches them out. That's hilarious. He's like, I like the grip. Oh my he God. likes to wear my bar socks so he can, his feet can grip. Thinking about him walking around in bar socks makes me he loves laugh. It. He loves my, and I'm like, don't wear my bar socks then. Was there anything else that he- He steals my flow water. I get that for free. <laughs> I know everything. Well, actually it's funny because I'll be, I'll be like, Hey, I got you this. And he's like, I know you got that for free, but whatever. Our life is regifting. Everyone has to accept that. I know. Accept that. It's really the thought that counts. It's the thought. That it's counts. absolutely the thought that counts. <laughs> if you need to convince yourself that I bought it for you, I'll, I'll make a fake receipt. We'll, we'll play the part. hundred. Well, the one thing I did get him that I think I've talked about one time before that mm-hmm. he talks about that he really likes is the EMF protecting boxers. Good one. So you can get those on Amazon, but I got them from this company that does EMF protecting blankets for for moms, new moms, pregnant moms. And they also have EMF protecting boxers. So actually, if you're a company that has EMF protecting boxers, hit me up. I actually Mm -hmm. think they'd be a bomb sponsor, but Mm -hmm. Justin loves loves those. That's sweet. Protect his little sperm. (laughs) (laughs) You want your sperm active. That's so cute. I know. I had a crazy fucking reading with... Nikki Novo yesterday and no I just way. wanted to share like a little we, we, we haven't talked about we it literally yet, never talk about we're always like this is our thing we're like oh um oh we'll talk about it in the pod yeah well <laughs> mo- I mean we talk so much but we have to save some things because I don't want to hear it twice don't. like because I want the reaction I know. yeah no I know but Nikki Novo we met her in Austin when we were doing, we were hosting the Good Fest and she is an intuitive, a medium, and she wrote The Final Swipe, which is a best-selling book. And about I'm, dating. About dating and like intuitive dating. And I'm just looking at the complete title because it's a good title. The Final Swipe, Heal Your Heart, Find Your Person and End the Dating Search for Good. What a good title. Come wow. on. So I just instantly connected with her. I was just like, I like you. She's so sweet. She's so sweet. And I was like, you're reading me in this moment. I just know it. Like when we yeah. were at dinner that one night in a good way, but she, I, I wanted to have a reading with her and it was just over phone. So I didn't really know. I never know. Did you do reading. video too? No, okay. just, just a phone call. I thought it was going to be video actually. And I, I guess before the call, she sits in meditation for however long and is basically reading me before the call. And she's going through each one of my chakras from my crown all the way down to the root. And I hadn't had a reading like that, you know, where yeah. they kind of go chakra by chakra. And through the work and the conversations that we have, I've understood more deeply what that means. So if we're talking about the root chakra and we're talking about ages X to X, you know, it's just 
slowly but surely it's really being fucking slammed into my head and mm-hmm. I, and I get it, but I didn't know. I thought this was going to be just about like dating and my love so life. That's what and, I thought too. and it's been, and it, it was a lot about that, but it was also about my creativity, my career, just more of a higher level view of everything that's going on and how it's all connected. Mm. So how my creative pursuits are directly correlated to my love pursuits. And it sounds like, oh, duh, but it's, I needed- I don't think that sounds duh. Yeah, I needed a uh, dot-to-dot connection. So I just wanted to like kind of share some highlights. There was a lot that was discussed, but she, we actually went in, she started off by saying, your health is good, therefore- you're thinking really well and you're in a very trusting place. Nice. So it was like, um, that's nice. It was a cool thing because I know that I'm healthy. Yeah. But sometimes I'm not thinking about how that is really allowing me to think clearly, to be open and receptive, like how the physical body is also connected to that, you know, spiritual body. Uh, and so, yeah, we were just talking about the chakra and how it's like, or the crown chakra and how it's super open and, I'm kind of like an open portal for other people that I'm in relationship with Mm. where I am very understanding. Mm. And that's sometimes I think that's a a too much part of me, Mm. but she said it's, it's a way in which your relationships will be enhanced. Mm. I mean, love that. But, um, okay. So she was talking about my career and I have this like, by career, I mean like my creativity and kind of like the higher level of it all. And it was just so interesting. She called me a late bloomer in all areas. So in career, in love. And I've always felt that Mm. in a weird way, like where I get things later. Like if I'm in math class, I'm going to get it like next semester. Like I'm going to understand the next semester to be honest. French class. I'm like failing this one, but like, Hey, give me the quiz (laughs) next semester and I'm passing. But same with, same with love, same with career. But she's like, it is so right on time. It's crazy. Like all of the things that have happened, like it just makes so much sense. She described my career as a lot of twists and turns and how I basically decided and I made that I kind of signed on the dotted line with my soul a long time ago that like it would always be unpredictable twists and turns uh I would have to sacrifice a lot but that the reward would be so 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 much bigger than I could ever imagine but in that I can't be focusing on the how of it so if I focus on the how like, ah, but shouldn't I be, you know, going to this point and then this point and then this point and then I get the thing? She's like, you have to be, you can be very hard and fast on the destination and what you want to get and where you want to, where you want to go, but how you get there. And we've talked about this before where it's just, you have to be so open and receptive to it being really fucking wild and not what you predicted, um, which makes a lot of sense. And she said she described my creativity and kind of the flow of my career as a faucet. And the moment I judge myself or the process, it's like, it turns off. 
So I do feel like, I literally feel like a faucet that goes on and off all the time. And so- and I too. Yeah. So it's like, I really have to observe when I'm judging myself for how I'm doing it or I'm not doing it as consistently as I want to, mm-hmm. just allowing it and, and playing with that side of myself. It's like the duality of the Gemini and then the Virgo. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah. The, so the Virgo part of me, like my parents kind of nurtured in the sense that, so like, if I think of myself as being born like this and we're all born like free spirits, but thinking of myself as like a bohemian artist is what she said, just to categorize it. And she's like, yeah, your parents encouraged that but then said, you're going to go to this school and you're going to take these classes and you're going to do it this way. And they did that out of love because that's what they thought should be done. That's how they understood how to nurture it. Exactly. So that was really interesting because now I don't allow myself, I kind of uh, beat myself up when I don't have that structure, if that makes sense. So like if I'm not in a class, if I'm not you know, writing consistently or doing whatever, I'm like, ah, then I'm not going to get there because that that's what I was kind of told. So yeah, it was just, that part was really, really interesting uh, to think about and how it kind of affects everything that I do. Yeah. And it's more of like the allowing when inspiration comes rather than forcing and shaming if it's not there. Yeah. You know, she also spoke to what we're doing and what I got from it was we can't, we can't be looking back to the past and how other people have done it. We've kind of touched on this, like the inevitable, I don't mean fame in the traditional sense, fame, but the notoriety and the impact is inevitable. It's how it, it is in the future, but we're our responsibility to our souls and this, this contract with the entity of almost 30 is to define new strategies, new tips, new, the newness of everything. So the process looking to industries outside of our own way outside of our own, outside of entertainment, outside Mm -hmm. of podcasting for inspiration on how we might do things differently. That's kind of part of the whole purpose of it. Wow. Because I think sometimes I get caught up. I'm like, well, what did they do? And how did, you know, what what was good about that? What was bad about that? And, but she's like, you guys need to, you will find the freedom in, it. it, it is a don't give a fuck attitude of like, no, we're going to do it this way. 100. Because it feels right. Yeah. You know, and maybe everyone's like, whoa, no, no, no. Like never been done like that before. You probably shouldn't. Too risky. And like, we just have to go. Wow. With that. She got to my throat chakra and she's she's like, can you sing? And I, and I was like, yeah. And f- she said for me, singing is a way to uh, get energy. Mm. So, and I feel that. I've felt that, you know, since I got my voice back. And... It'd be cool to... I was thinking it'd be cool to have you perform in Philly. Oh, that's interesting. We should do that. Um, she Silly said, it, ladies, what do you think? What do you think? Should we, uh, oh, we should have Asher Roth come. Both of y'all. Yeah, sure. But like, oh, mm, you should prefer yummy. Philly. She said singing wakes something up in me and gives me energy and like turns me on, mm. like turns me on. So it kind of 
gives me more life for everything else. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I've, I've felt that recently where I'm like, I don't need, yes, I do things on Instagram, but it's like, even if I just go in the shower and I sing, I'm like, cool. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like a thing. And then she, I'll skip ahead. Cause I, I feel we're talking about this for so long, but the, the relationship thing, which has been this month of July is I think for everyone, I was on the ambassador call the other day and they were like, whoa, what's going on in the cosmos? The sweet angels. I was like, I love you guys. (laughs) They're the best. They're like, anyone else feeling it? And of course we are, but it's just like, I love hearing them talk. It's so funny. Okay. So again, there's like duality. Uh, I think for a long time, I was like swinging in the direction of like my heart was closed. I was kind of protecting myself. And then recently I swung way the other way and my heart was super open and I attracted a complimentary wound in this person that I dated recently, which she called out right away. She's like, oh, you guys have complimentary wounds. Wow. Oh my God. Wow. (laughs) I wonder if that's- Tell me more. Huh? Like if we had the inkling that he may have- yeah, yeah. And that may be yeah. shame around that. Totally, totally. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Sorry, guys. <laughs> We're talking behind your back. Honestly. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it's just really interesting. But she she first started with my parents. She's like, are your parents together? And I was like, yeah, but you know, they have an interesting relationship and have done their thing. And so I really didn't have... I always felt like I could do it better when I looked at my parents and I love you, mom, dad, if you're listening, but I was just, I think everyone feels that way, but I know, what you, you know what I mean? Yes. It's like a, and, and that kind of contributed healthy. to my late blooming. So I, I've spent a lot of time unlearning, you know, in a way. It's like stripping down so you could start over. Yes. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. And, and so I, I experience anxiety when I get, when things get serious with someone. So I kind of insert that physical part of the relationship. I'm really like, I want to do the physical thing pretty soon because it almost, it's a placeholder. It's like kind of a distraction in a way. Like it kind of creates this like buffer between like maybe just looking at it for what it really is. And it also keeps me close to them, even though it might not be right. It's like a very comforting feeling. And she said something and I'm, I'll say a few things that will, I think a lot of people who might be dating would relate to, but she just reminded me, she's like, just know that day one is going to look very different than five years from now. So his day one with me, my day one with him, like just the fact that we are like these two little plants growing next to each other, you know, like that visual actually really helped me. And the focus on putting the good soil around each other to help each other grow instead of, what I've done a lot is anticipate them disappointing me. So I like, that's a thing that I do yeah. that I realized. And she kind of, she, she did call out. She's like, yeah, you, imagine, imagine that you want to be proven wrong. Cause it's almost like, I don't want to be proven wrong. Yeah, I feel that I want to be proven right. I want to be proven right that you're not ready or you need to work on a lot of things or I'm going to, be the one to help you. Yeah. So that was interesting. Yeah. Like it like took me four years to realize that Justin's a really sweet person. Mm. <laughs> I'd be like, what is the motive here? Yeah. You're just nice all the time. 
she actually, and that's like a good point. She was like, you need to redefine certain words. So like nice, aggressive, maybe aggressive just means he knows what he wants. You know, like, I think I have these like hard and fast things in my head. Oh, Cause even like to my therapist, I'll say, I'm like, but he's a really nice guy. Like, what does that mean to me? Mm-hmm. That means maybe weak, not assertive, quiet, boring, boring, whatever. Yeah. And like, no. Wow. <laughs> it, so it was like really interesting. Cause I was like, oh, an aggressive guy. And she's like, your guy's going to, she like got to the part where she's like, this is kind of who's coming in. She's like, he's going to pursue you and it's going to freak you out. And you're not going to think right away that he's the one like, but you're going to redefine some of those words for yourself. Like through this, she also goes, she's like, how do you feel about suits? And I was like, well, I lived in New York for a little while and I've dated a few suits. You know what I mean? Oh yes. Suits. And I was like, she's like, I don't mean suits. Like he's going to be in finance and like, you know, stock market, whatever. He's like, but it, she's like, it's a more professional job, like an like agent vibes. Mm. She's like, but that will be grounding for you. That will give you space to be that like bohemian artist mm. and it will be grounding for you. Cause like sometimes I have a fantasy of being with another artist, like quote unquote yeah. artist, right? I like every artist does. Right. Yeah. It's like, oh, the tattoos, the, yeah. the motorcycle. He likes, yeah. he like, I don't know plays the guitar yeah. and like you're like he might paints. disrespect me he might not totally <laughs> exactly when I have dinner with my parents he might come he might not <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so I was like oh that's interesting because I can I can feel that but I yeah it was just interesting and then she was like you need to allow yourself to really see the the bright future which was something that really I never think I'm like I'm, I'm never thinking of like oh my god I'm doomed but I don't allow myself to, to see just like the brightest potential of my life only in certain moments when I'm forced to, where it's like, what's your ideal day? Or like, mm-hmm. who's that partner? Imagine them. Like, I just don't allow myself to actually believe that. So that was really, really interesting. And uh, yeah, she like just talked about a couple of the guys that came in recently and I was just Specifically? Like, yeah. She called one of them. Um, <laughs> I love this game. I get to guess. I know. Uh, she said, I would, if I stayed with him, I would have to be on all the time in order for him to grow. I mean, and that like, he's, he's very sensitive, which I know he's very sensitive and that would, and it's not a bad thing, but I would have to walk on eggshells in order for him to function. So that shit ain't. She called him vampirish. Believes in himself only when people believe in him. I mean, wow. I know. I was like, wow. That's the goddamn truth. And she goes, "You can't be friends with him." Oh, I'm down with that. I was like, true. I'm down. I, with I wonder that. who you're thinking of because it's one of two. No, the other one. No. Uh huh. But she, what she what? said about the that one. Sorry, guys. Again, talking behind your back. That he likes Mr. The, Big. <laughs> <laughs> he likes the chase. Second one likes the chase. What? Mm-hmm. He's too much of a loser to have a chase. <laughs> Not a loser, but like how many, what do you mean chase? I think that is blowing my mind. So we have a really, 
Oh man, I feel bad because you guys aren't really in on it, but it's like, I have a very, very, very strong uh, sexual connection with someone. <laughs> it is, It's just, but, that's, sure. but that's what it is. Uh-huh. Period. Yeah. It's like, and because it's la- like kind of weirdly layered, like I think the chase of that too. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's like, maybe if I fuck her enough, she'll like me. <laughs> Could be it. I didn't say no. Could be it. But yeah, it's just really um, interesting. She fucking pegged it pretty hard. No way. That's crazy. She said, I need two more weeks. So this episode's coming out like beginning of August. So I'm good by now. But she's like, you need until the end of July to just be like, don't, don't pursue, don't whatever. I was like, well. Oh, we just talked about five guys. Whoops. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, you need more time alone. We're like, all right, these five guys. Five guys fries. Yeah, I'm all about. I'm down, down to get a reading. Yeah, she's so, so good. So, um, yeah, I highly recommend Nikki. This is not sponsored, but I just like felt pulled because she was so generous. Because we other time I was talk to these people all the time, and they're never. Yeah, not never. They're rarely real. Yeah, yeah. So, oh wow, that was a little wind over there. From, from where? Oh, she said she talked to a guy that I had never met before. Oh, wow. The ghost of Lindsay's apartment just closed the door. He's funny. But it's a, a female guy that I had not... She's huh. like, she's a she's a very melodramatic, like actress type. Very melodramatic. And she said something. But yeah, it was just funny because I had an... Um, Sometimes with guides, I realized I'm like... What was it? Who are, who are we talking oh, to? Oh, she helps you? me soften my heart is what she said. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> Forget that they're positive entities, but sometimes I'm like, freak me out. <laughs> this one guy didn't kind of freaks me out. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't want to say the name because it will give heed to, to them. <laughs> yeah. How's everyone's guides doing? I know people have been talking to them. Yeah. The one guy was at my bedside, was at my be- the end of my bed one time and I was like freaked the fuck out. Not saying anything or just like... Just waiting there. I don't know what he was doing. Whatever. <laughs> Trying to fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm busy. I'm busy. Um, but that yeah. was beautiful. I'm Nikki, excited to get a reading from her. Nikki Novo. Um, I'm just finding her website, NikkiNovo.com. N-I-K-K-I-N-O-V-O.com. So I highly recommend. She also has a podcast that I really like as well. So anyway, guys, thanks for listening to that. Okay. Excited for this. Oh man. You guys want our announcements? <laughs> we'll save you. We're on tour, baby. Yeah. Just find it at almost30podcast.com. Yeah. Tour. Chicago, Nashville, Philly, Ohio. We're going to be at Empowered Voice Summit. So make sure to buy tickets. We're headlining Miami, New York, three shows, LA, September 12th with Nicole Lappin, LA live show. The it's going to be sick. It's going to be sicky sick. Be Can't sick. wait to meet you. Uh, today on the podcast, we have Kimberly Snyder. Oh, favorite. <sighs> the best. She, we, had, we, had a, we had a moment and a few moments during this conversation of love. Yeah, we had never Connection met before, but as always, with a lot of our guests, I'm like, have we been friends in 85 Honestly. lifetimes? She's the founder of Saluna. She hosts the Feel Good podcast. Uh, author. She's OG. OG. Back in the day. Years ago when I, on my blog, I posted one of her, her green smoothie, honestly, years and years ago. She was actually the first nutritionist that I've, I heard about. I was like, oh, a nutritionist. Literally. I was like, oh, this person knows about health. Mm -hmm. And she's just grown in the industry and 
just, she's really evolving. And it was really beautiful during our conversation to hear her evolved sense of nutrition and health as it relates to our entire cell body and as it relates to the earth, mother earth, the planet. And it was really beautiful. It's really beautiful to see her ahead of the curve back then and still ahead of the curve in so many ways. Um, I might name my little girl Saluna. I know. <laughs> I, wrote down, I wrote down Saluna when I heard about her brand and Lindsay's like, is that a baby name? <laughs> but yeah, this is an awesome conversation. We talk about so much. So much. Yeah. Her new book actually just kind of set the tone for the conversation. It's recipes for your perfectly imperfect life everyday ways to live and eat for health, healing and happiness. And, you know, we talked about how, you know, struggling to love yourself in so many ways in the physical sense and the emotional sense and the spiritual sense can really steal your joy and affect your health, like on a cellular level. So she also talks about just being the real you. How do you do that in relationships, in the way that you, that you nourish yourself? So I just really liked her high level of like well-being because right now in the wellness world, it's hard to like discern between all of this information, all of the fads and the diets and everything. So this is just a very when she said certain things, I was like, yes, that is truth. In my in my soul and my body, yeah. I feel that is truth. And that's kind of the conversation. It's not like you should be this, you should be that. It's just, it was really, really enlightening. So thank you, Kimberly, for coming on. We love you. Yeah. One of the things I loved that she said that I think about frequently is relating or thinking about food and the complexity of food and food combining in the way that sometimes we have too much, you know, oftentimes in the powders and the bowls and everything like that, there's too many things going on and our body really does love simplicity in a lot of ways. So if you eat a sweet potato, it knows what to do with it. It, it, It's very easy for it to understand. But if you do a sweet potato and then all this adaptogen drink, you know, all these things together um, can sometimes be hard on your body to digest and, and to work with. So I often think about simplifying and streamlining. Yeah. what I'm doing and what I'm eating. Yeah. She's such a great, great resource. You can go to my Saluna, S-O-L-L-U-N-A.com. Everything from nutrition to beauty, to health, to yoga, to travel. And you can listen to her podcast, which we love. And then her new book, get it everywhere. Books are sold recipes for your perfectly imperfect life. You can be a complicated mess as we all are as human beings and still be very well. Yeah. So thank you so much, Kimberly. We love you. We will see you soon. We need to go on a walk and enjoy this episode, guys. See you on tour. See you in the secret Facebook group. See you on Instagram, Almost 30 Podcast. Thank you so much for being a part of this. It means the world to us, but it also means the world that you guys are showing up for everyone in your community. Mm -hmm. Love you. Love you. Bye. We are sitting here with with Kimberly. So what was in your beverage? (laughs) So I'm having this... (laughs) My own concoction right now, which is ginger, which I have every day. Ginger and lemon are like my staples. But then matcha powder, ashwagandha, which is a very strengthening herb. And chitavri, which we were just talking about. It's amazing for women. And also um, brahmi, which is good for focus. What's chitavri? Chitavri is basically Indian asparagus. And it just has qualities which really help to balance female hormones. It's uh, it's not as popular as maca, but it's a really wonderful plant for general female health. So it's not as bitter. You could just put it in your tea. And recently I've gotten even more, I studied Ayurveda for four years, but then I kind of took a break from herbs and now I'm really interested again in just 
making them part of your life. Yeah, yeah. So is it the same effects? I With herbs, like if it's dried and in a pill form than if it's in a powder or if it's like fresh, like what's the difference between the three? So fresh herbs are much stronger. So Dr. J, my Ayurvedic teacher says that women, for instance, should never have fresh turmeric. They should just have powdered because it does reduce the potency a little bit. And women have so much fluid, more than men. We have more lymphatic fluid and our menstrual cycle. So if you have fresh turmeric as a woman, it can make the flow too strong. I really like powdered herbs because I think it's easier to just put them in teas and things, but um, you know, some capsules can be really good as well. Wow. Okay. Wait, so the when you say like we have more fluid, <laughs> what does that mean? I'm like, it makes sense because yeah. I'm just like, I know. I'm like pushing my lymph around and you guys are always like so like, <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, well, in general, women have actually like more more lymph, more more fluid, we're juicier than yes. that. And you know, when you're pregnant, then you're, you're, the even fluids juicier. in your body increase even more. So, wow. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Um, so we're so excited to have you. I'm our, so our excited girls today. know and love you. And it's so funny. I have a blog and I think I started it four or five years ago and I wrote about the glowing green smoothie. Did you? Yes. Stop. Isn't that That's hilarious? Amazing. It was like one of my first posts. It was so corny. It was the corniest <laughs> thing. And I was just like, you guys have to check out this amazing smoothie from Kimberly <laughs> And I wrote like it's all tried the and true though. you had. Like, oh my God, it was tried and true. It still stands. Mm-hmm. And it's just so funny. I'm so glad that you're here today. Well, I had to tell you guys a funny story. This was 2011 is when my first book came out. And I was living in New York. And people were always like, well, how did you make the glowing green smoothie? And I remember I had my first Vitamix and it was one of the refurbished ones because I couldn't afford a regular one. So it was like 150 bucks or something. And one day I was just sitting there and experimenting in the kitchen. So I just put a bunch of, I don't know what I was trying to make, like some kind of soup, (laughs) a bunch of spinach, a bunch of water. And then I saw this ripe banana and I threw it in. And I, my boyfriend at the time was sitting on the couch and I, I handed him the blender with a spoon. I'm like, hey, try this. What do you think? And he's like, it's not bad. And so right in that moment, that was the beginning of the glowing green smoothie. And this is 2011. This is before people were into green drinks or green smoothies or green juice was like, where you're yes. like an alien from another planet. And then it was like, within a few years, I was making it on Good Morning America and Dr. Oz. And I remember the moment it was live and Dr. Oz is like, you know, a couple hundred people in the audience. And I heard him saying, glowing green smoothie. And I was like, holy crap. Like this came from my little kitchenette (laughs) in New York City. And now it's like this thing. It was- it was crazy. A crazy. I well, never planned for it. It's so funny because it's there. like vegetables and fruit together. It's like, whoa. Like, because <laughs> back in the day, it was like strawberries, bananas, yogurt, oh, great yeah. smoothie. And it was, it was all like, pretty mm-hmm. colors. Yes. And then you're getting this really grassy green thing. And it's very, um, it's not familiar to people. But then when you start drinking it and you change some of your lifestyle, it's just amazing how much your body and your mind opens up. So, what were you going for when you were creating this? Or was it by accident? Like, were you trying to get the right amount of fats and this and that, or was it just... So I was back in New York. I was, I was, I mean, to back up a little bit, I was, I don't know if you guys know some of my story, but I was on track to becoming a doctor. I was pre-med and then I interned in a hospital and I was like, no, this is not my personal path. But I was always really interested in the body and biology. And I ended up 
saving some money. I worked for a year and then I went backpacking for three years around the world. And just this idea of really eating whole foods and a lot of greens and just things I saw, particularly in Africa, um, really started to shift my mentality. And I had a lot of personal issues. I was very constipated, Mm. very bloated, really bad acne. I gained a bunch of weight. So I was just starting to experiment with things like, what does it mean to eat fiber? You know, I was, I was focused on calories and losing weight and sugar and carbs, but I wasn't understanding how my body worked yet. So I was really experimenting with ways to have blended soups and blended foods and just keep the fiber in. So I didn't really have a plan. And I didn't, I, you know, I just made this kind of like monkey looking thing did <laughs> become the glowing green smoothie. And the reason I called it the glowing green smoothie is because I started drinking it and my skin started getting better. Yeah, you wow. fucking glow. And wow. I was like, Whoa. And then I started doing, I had, you know, starting to work with clients. I started having people drink it and I was seeing that it was happening universally. I was like, holy crap. I think this can be a transformative thing for people. So that was the beginning of things starting to really unfold. And when you went, when you were like, I'm going to go back, first of all, did you plan for three years? No. Oh my gosh. So basically I was working in Sydney. I was working in Australia and I was paid in US dollars, which at the time was a really good exchange rate. It was about 50%. So I- if you're under 26, you can get an around the world ticket for 15 stops, as long as you go in one direction over five continents. And it's like $1,600 or something. It's really cheap. Wow. <laughs> and, and they don't have that now anymore? I think they do, but I, I don't know what the price right. is now. You know, it yeah. shifts every year or whatever. Whoa. But I thought it was just going to be a couple of weeks, but I ended up meeting all these amazing people. And it was so inexpensive. When I was in Africa, I was just living out of my tent, out of my car for seven months. So I ended up doing a loop. The first loop I think was largely China and um, Southeast Asia. And then I bought another second ticket and that was mostly Africa and India. And then I bought a third loop and I did you know other countries in Asia and then South America. Wow. So that's, you guys, that's where my philosophy was born because I was out of the West for three years. So not Mm. Europe and not Australia and not Canada, but really seeing women in countries like Mongolia and Japan and Zimbabwe that there's no calorie counting. There's no obsession about dieting. There's really just a much more natural connection with our bodies, with feeling good, with what what naturally digests, there's a confidence, there's a magnetism. And that completely and permanently shifted the way that I look at beauty. So then when I came back, I just started writing very organically. I had a free free blog back then. And um, yeah, it just grew. And then I started doing TV shows and I, a celebrity. Now you're huge. Yeah, my full, thank you. my, My first celebrity. And you guys- I don't have a TV. I don't really watch movies. So this was the most ironic part of the whole journey to me was I was on these sets and movie sets and traveling with them and living with them. And I was like, I don't even understand why this is happening because I didn't seek this. But then it That's just why. became, um, you know, we're, we're put where we're meant to go yeah. and staying open to the journey and it unfolds. So wow. none of it was really planned. It very much happened organically. What was it about, you know, getting out of the West, being in, you know, Eastern cultures, like what what was it about their relationship with food and the land 
that you think like connects to the biology of the body and how it reacts and how it reduces stress and just like the relationship there? Like, can you even describe that? Yes. So first of all, I think in the West, we are conditioned to have this very reductionist approach of looking at things, reducing it specifically down to numbers. And you see that with women. And good and bad. Yeah. Well, with, with women, it's like, how much do I weigh? How old am I? How many calories did I eat? It's just like numbers, numbers, numbers. And numbers don't give a picture of like, even when we know how many calories or how many grams of protein are in a food, we don't know how it's going to shift our mood. We don't know how it's going to digest. We don't know what it's going to do to our skin. We don't know the toxicity levels. So out of the Western world, there is a much broader way of looking at energy. And Eastern medicine, which I very much, I'm a student, I've studied Ayurveda for many years, and I'm very respectful of traditional Chinese medicine. I've never studied it formally, but in Eastern medicine, which is TCM, Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, and Tibetan medicine, there's actually four levels of medicine. There's a four-level approach to medicine. The first is treating disease, which is where it pretty much stops in the West, right? We get sick, we go to the doctor. We're not feeling well, we get a pill. Then the third level in Eastern medicine is preventing disease. So how can I eat? How can I live my life to make sure I don't get sick? But there's still two more levels. Then the next level is living a long, healthy life. So full cognitive function, full control of my five senses, my limbs, because the top level is spiritual growth and wisdom and personal growth. So it's a very different system where everything that we're doing, the food that we're eating, what we're putting into our bodies is affecting our energy so we can grow. Isn't that an amazing way of looking at it? And I actually struggled with myself for you know, by my third book, which came out in 2015, Beauty Detox Power, I became really interested in yoga and spirituality. So I was like, am I a nutritionist or am I, you know, I want to talk about meditation and spiritual. So there was this bit of a struggle. And then the next book I wrote with Deepak Chopra, and then this new book came out. And now I realize that it's actually one thing. Mm -hmm. And when I'm working with people's bodies and I'm working with their food and their energy, and then I'm also teaching meditation and lifestyle and connecting with your real self, it's all layers of of growth and healing. So the food isn't separate to that. And I find when people in, in my approach and my philosophy, when they go into shifting their diet, they inevitably have some kind of um, opening or awakening, or they just you know want to let go more. Or they want to be more mindful. They want to try and meditate. They want stillness. Or if they start with the stillness and the, and the grounding practices and the meditation, then they end up shifting their diet. So you can see that it's very connected. And that is something that's not, that we're not really taught about in the West. Mm. It's more like food for losing weight and cutting the sugar and being skinny. And it's not really about this whole life growth approach. Wow. (laughs) I'm really excited about this interview. So yeah, that's interesting too. Because I think, you know, when Lindsay and I get interviewed sometimes they'll ask about like our tips for success and people wouldn't think that our tips for success would be to like nourish your body and to right. like eat really well because from a spiritual level it I'm plant-based and I have been for a while and you know that can be people's decision or not but for me that was a very spiritual decision you know yes. it's very spiritually connected to me and allowed me to open up in a way that I don't know if I would have if I didn't change my diet. You know, I think you can eat really well and, and still have that spiritual connection. But for me, that was connected. And then as far as like our productivity and our business and our ability to like really be in our 
bodies and our authentic selves. Yes. We have to have our blood sugar stable. We have to have like enough nutrients. We have to be balanced. We have to be eating for our emotional capacity to be there. There's a reason that almost every yogi, every spiritual teacher that has come from India talks so much about diet. You know, when I was doing my teacher training, I was surprised at how much there was an emphasis on vegetarianism, on eating properly, because if you don't, then it's very hard to sit and contemplate and introspect and to your point, have energy and focus. So the body is our temple. We're meant to have an embodied experience. We're here right now. And the more we take care of our bodies, the more successful we'll be in our relationships, in our business. Also, being a parent, I have a three-year-old. I need that energy to run after him and do everything. And, you know, I, I just, I dedicated my first book. I wrote, you know, this is for the freedom of women everywhere. Because I knew that before when I was trying to be thin and grasping and dieting, so much of my brain was focused on what I was going to eat and beating myself up for eating too much or having too much fat or too much, you know, whatever, sugar, too many carbs. It was mm. this constant focus on it. And once I freed that up, I just felt like so much energy got released to focus on all these other aspects of my life. So it is absolutely critical. Yeah. So how do you, like, if, you know, if you're working with a client and you're trying to change that, you know, their headspace when they do approach food, is there like certain mantras, meditations, like how do you coach them through that? Yeah. So it depends on the person. Um, This is something I talk about a lot in my, my latest book, which is really about life lessons, connecting with yourself and then food. And the bridge is the bio, the bioenergetics. So I'll give you an example. Let's say clients are very, um, it's hard for them to get past limiting beliefs. Like they don't think they're good enough. They don't think they're pretty enough. We're trying to shift something inside of them. So of course we would want to pull that out right? And that comes from shadow work, that comes from talking, that comes from journaling, which I'm a very big fan of, of meditation. But elixirs and certain foods can really help create that change through your being. So for instance, um, there's a recipe in here, uh, I was looking at it today, turmeric with sweet potatoes. How can that be helpful? Turmeric is a blood cleaner, right? Turmeric is anti-inflammatory. Turmeric is, the more we clean our blood, the more flow there is, the more you know, stagnant beliefs and energies can start to shift in our body. But we need earth element, grounding root vegetables like sweet potatoes help ground that energy in your body. So I think it's really important to look at it on all levels. What are we doing physically? How are we eating to support this shift? How can I hold your hand? Having the glowing green smoothie, for instance, which is so Mm -hmm. filling, it's so full of fiber. And I can tell them in their mind, oh, it's only 136 calories, you know? So they can know that intellectually. So up here, but then they're starting to feel the energy. They're starting to realize that wow, there's something more here. And then we're working on uh, emotional, mental, spiritual, and physical. And I think that's the way to really feel and look our best. Mm -hmm. What is, so when you say bioenergetics, are you talking about like the energy component of what a food is made of and how it reacts in the body or what do you mean? So, okay, plants have been around for, around 400 million years before human beings. So there's this intelligence in plants. You know, there's certain trees even here in LA that are 100 million years old. So over time, they've accrued this energy, this intelligence, this self-organizing intelligence. You know, this term prana that's used in yoga, it's 
by force, but it's also organizing intelligence, right? So we know from herbal practices, from Eastern medicine, that when you eat certain foods, there's, and the four levels of uh, Eastern medicine I was talking about, there's foods that, and herbs that treat disease. There's foods and herbs that prevent illness. There's foods and herbs that help you meditate, that help with spiritual progress as well. So the bioenergetics I'm talking about isn't just reducing foods down to these quantifiable measurements that are often emphasized in Western philosophy, such as carbs, fat, yeah. calories, which you know, mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not saying they aren't important. You know, we need to have a general idea of what we're eating, but where we often miss, where we often don't put emphasis is the, the quality of these plants. For instance, there's adaptogens are a, gr- a group of plants that are so intelligent that they go into your system and they can work on different areas. They can sense if they need to help with inflammation or clean the blood or, you know, support adrenal health or whatever. So that's the bioenergy, the bioenergy. If you're going in with an intention, I'm shifting for clarity. I'm shifting for spiritual growth. I'm shifting because I want to be more calm and meditate. The food and the energy of what you're eating can really support you in that. And that's so powerful. You know, when I started off, it was like, I wanted to clear up my skin. I had crazy bad hair. My hair wouldn't grow. Really? Oh yeah. So so my, my intention was like, I need to clean my body. I need to learn to detox. And then I want to be healthy again. And once I sort of mastered that and it went into deeper levels of, of the mind and the emotional well-being, the spiritual well-being, and then it started to really tie together. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You mentioned like herbs or certain things that you can take to kind of go deeper spiritually or in meditation. Can you name some of those just for people who are curious? Yeah. So I will say like even what we consider very common everyday items. So when you're meditating, you want to breathe, you want to feel, you want to get out of you know what the Zen Buddhists call monkey mind, just this you know the, the thought pattern that goes to the next one, the next one, the next one. You want to drop deeper. So I find that certain plants help you drop deeper, or ones that warm your body and help you get in. So something as simple as a golden milk with ginger, cinnamon, turmeric. You know, those three mm-hmm. er, those three spices, herbs mixed with almond milk really has a warming effect. And if you have that before you're meditating and you're just dropping in deeper, those sorts of practices can be really helpful. I'm a huge fan of elixirs, things that you, you're dripping, drinking and sipping while you're journaling or before bed. Yes. These can really shift how you feel. So it's, I, I want people to, you know, my dream is to help people get out of just overthinking and feeling more. You know, our tagline at Saluna is nourish your whole self and feel good. Feeling, most people aren't feeling. Most people say to me, I don't know when I'm hungry. I don't know what my body needs. We've just become so disconnected. And when we refoster that connection of feeling, yeah. life just flows and it becomes so much easier to maintain your weight and to have all these goals that, that we want, the great skin and calmness. But it it comes from a deeper place than just overanalyzing. And that's why I think dieting is so detrimental to people because it's not connected to what their body needs and what is the appropriate portion size for them. And I did it too, eating according to a chart or an app and measuring everything versus feeling more. It's so wild. Like what happens when you look in the mirror? Like you could be feeling good. And then you look in the mirror and you see something that, you know, obviously your mind goes to and focuses on or something that you need to decondition. Yes. It's crazy where it goes. You're like, well, 
I'm not looking good, so I don't feel good. Instead Mm. of being like, I feel good, so I look... You know, it's like this reprogramming that a lot of people, and I think women in particular, have to work on in order to actually be well. I think, and that to me is a symptom of the overthinking mind, which is where I was. If If we're equating our worth with what we see and like we're thinking through, oh, do my thighs look fatter today? Is the cellulite bad? Is that zit? It's, um, again, we're not feeling how we actually feel in our body. If we can connect more to feeling strong, feeling energized, feeling fit, connecting more with, oh, I ate this smoothie and I have so much energy, then we don't hyper fixate as much on the surface and on the outside. And ironically, the outside starts to take care of itself when we don't obsess as much. And I've seen that time and time again with clients. If we focus on the feeling, the energy and the wellness and the quality of the food, and I take away their scale and we start to soften the edges of that obsession with, you know, am I eating too many carbs and the calories, Mm -hmm. the body, and there's amazing research that I talk about as well, not to get too much off track, but the body, the mind has a huge effect on the body. So what is bloating? Bloating is when something doesn't pass through efficiently, right? So let's say you eat something that's difficult to digest like dairy and it sort of sits there and then the gases get released prematurely and you start to feel really wide and bloated. But it's the same thing with the mind. If you're not letting go of that feeling like, oh, I looked really crappy in the mirror or beating yourself up or whatever, you're not letting go of that thought. So that's a bloated energy. And there's actually research showing that bloating and inflammation can start in the mind as well. Wow. So that's why I just felt like over time, I can't just talk to people just about food. We really need to talk about this full picture and food is very supportive on the other levels, but we're whole beings. And the more we tap into that, the better we feel and the better results we get all around, including with our weight, including with our skin. Wow. So what would you, if you, when you first start working with someone, like what's the first thing that you do? When I have a client? Yeah, when you have a client. So I really don't take on new clients now, but I've worked with, you know, hundreds and hundreds of them over the years. And sometimes if, sometimes I will take on some new ones, but um, I really like to focus on the greater, the greater community and my book readers and things like that. But it's, it's generally, um, the same as, a, as an assessment of like where we are today. So with clients, I would have them fill out this long questionnaire and assess where they're eating, what they're feeling, what their goals are. And then when I'm working one-on-one with someone, um, and then, you know, especially if it was a celebrity, I would actually stare at their face pictures for a long time. Not the airbrushed ones, but, <laughs> but you know, yeah. like off the cuff, more organic ones. And people's faces tell me so much, just the energy. Mm. I look at what's happening under their eyes and where um, patchiness might be. You can look at the clarity of someone's eyes. And then when I meet with a client, I actually um, touch parts of their body. And for me, it's a very intuitive way to work, but um, I see the same themes time and time again. And those are the things that I write about in my books and my articles. And it's really shifting it's a paradigm shift. It's really looking at everything in this interconnected way. We can't hide. We can't say, oh, well, here's how I treat my relationships and here's my body and here's my food. Everything is part of one whole. So the more that we can talk about and touch all different parts of our lifestyle, how do we move? If someone's a really anxious person and they're very prone to beating themselves up and just have a lot of fire in their system, I don't think heated yoga is for you. That's going to, you know, very Ayurvedic, that's going to aggravate your pitta already. 
There may be other practices, other types of movement, maybe go hiking, be outside. You know, there's Mm. other things that may be more supportive to your mentality and your body. And the more your body can relax and release, the more toxins go out, the more stress goes out, the more the body can release excess weight as well. So it's really interesting. So long answer to your question, but um, it's, 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 I, I often have them read one of my books and then we discuss and we go further. I look at what they're eating. We shift. I try to break them slowly from uh, limiting beliefs, whether it's I have to count calories or I can never eat carbs or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then we often, and some people want to start with the spiritual part. So we sit and we talk, and we meditate, and then that may open up doorways to shifting their diet too. Yeah. Wow. Um, speaking of carbs, I've been... I've read over the last, I guess, year, two years that women should not cut out carbs. So that's a very blanket statement, but I'm just wondering what the connection is with hormones, you know, why it would be necessary to have like complex carbs, what that does for, you know, women's health. So I'm just curious to kind of dig in there because I've, I don't know what is true. I'm like, what is real? (laughs) That's right. So this is, okay, you touched on two amazing things. Number one, I think carbs are very important. Mm -hmm. I eat carbs every day. So let's talk about that. And then number two, the confusion that's out there. Because again, I think that our society is always like the next big diet and this is the missing piece. This is why I'm not losing the weight. You know, it's always like trying to grasp that magic pill or that magic formula. So going back to the carbs, I say we look at, we need to look at, you know, cultural, historical, individual, our constitution, so on and so forth. But I personally believe that we should not demonize any of the macronutrients, right? So in the 80s, the macronutrients being protein, carbs, and fat. In the 80s, it was fat, right? Everybody's like fat-free and everybody started having too much sugar. And now we've been in this wave, different iterations, starting pretty much with Atkins of high protein, no carb, Right. And then we started to see that, oh, there's major issues that come from eating too much protein. Mm-hmm. And you know, we see that actually too much protein converts to sugar. Too much protein is very inflammatory in the body. Too much protein is extremely aging. So then it started to shift, and especially in the biohacking community, from high protein to high fat, wow. known as keto, right? So it's always shifting in these systems where you're cutting something out. But if you look at the really, I had dinner with Dan Buettner a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if you guys know who he is. He's a national geographic explorer. And he's the one that coined the term blue zones. And we were having dinner and he was talking about the healthiest cultures in the world. You know, the, the Hunzas and the people, there's Nosara, Costa Rica and Hiroshima, Japan. And they all eat first of all, largely plant-based naturally. And they all eat carbs, by yeah. the way. They all eat beans. Isn't and there rice a blue zone in Riverside? Lentils. Or something like in California? Love what love? Is there a blue zone in California like the in Riverside or some I'm somewhere out sure there? About, anyway. There might be. I'm not, I'm not like up. this. I, I can't list them <laughs> totally. all. Yeah. But there are, Just they're all around like, the world. Uh, I think it's in, in Tino. <laughs> <laughs> so... And then the oldest medicinal practices in the world, which are TCM and Ayurveda, which is even older, have a very carb-based approach. So 
within that, I think people's bodies are very different. You know, we, you know, some, somebody's more kapha, for instance, very earthy, tends to gain weight easily, or, you know, kind of sits with food that may have more sluggish digestion. Maybe they would have less on their plate and more vegetables and more other foods. But I personally don't believe, you know, let's just cut out carbs and all complex carbs altogether. To your point, our brains function on carbs. We need glucose. Mm -hmm. We need energy. Uh, For women, there's, you know, when you're pregnant, when you're breastfeeding, the foods that really help to promote lactation are brown rice and oats. They are these complex carbs. So I just know the times in my life where, and I believe it, can you guys believe I've actually tried Atkins? And I'm vegan now. I've tried everything in my body and I did get thin, but it wasn't sustainable and I was miserable. And plant foods and these these healthy carbs are creating uh, balance and they're creating this evenness and they're creating more fiber and there's more cleansing. It's so much more than just I'm cutting carbs to be skinny. I'm not sure that, you know, I personally don't believe that's really a long-term healthy, balanced lifestyle approach. And I've read all the opposing opinions. So I'm very well-schooled, you know, wheat belly and brain grain, all that. I get it all. Um, But I think that there's ways to eat carbs in really healthy ways. So for instance, I do eat a lot of veggies. I'm a huge advocate for taking digestive enzymes. I soak and I sprout, or I eat sprouted brown rice, which removes, largely removes the lectins Mm -hmm. and and the inhibitor enzymes and some of the, what are considered the more unfavorable qualities. So you need to prepare them properly. But honestly, when I started relaxing into eating carbs again. I got down to my weight in high school and it was so much easier and I wasn't obsessing and I was pooping again and my life just felt so much more happy. Mm. And I always say, what good is it to be a size two if you're miserable? Who gives an F? You know what I mean? Like It's like, what is the point? Like, what are we doing? (laughs) You know, it's like we can run around, we can do all these things, but what is our day-to-day experience? And I really passionately know because I've done it myself and I've taken so many people through it. There is a way once you have more knowledge and more understanding, it doesn't have to be so hard. We can understand more about our body and our anatomy and how to create what I call more beauty energy in my program and uh, food combinations in order so your digestion frees up and you can eat carbs and you can feel healthy and balanced and be your ideal weight. Yeah, that's. I want to talk about the food combining. So like when you talk about that, like what, what does that mean? And what can our girls look out for when they're thinking about food combining for optimum digestion? So the most, in its simplest form, I will say that it's really about simplifying your meals. So it's easier for your body to digest. If you think about our ancestors, and by the way, going back to this for a moment, there's a lot of contention. I wrote about this in the Deepak book, Radical Beauty. When you dig into really the roots of the so-called Paleolithic diet and the caveman diet. There's so much conjectural assumptions that were made in the way people ate 2 million years ago. And even if that is true, we have better options and better choices today. Mm. And biomimicry, you look at similar species in nature, like chimpanzees and gorillas, they are eating a large plant-based diet, except for some ants and things. And we have a similar structure. So I will say we can be omnivores. We can eat meat if you choose to. A lot of my, most all of my clients do eat some meat but it's the amount and the emphasis. So from a food combining standpoint, from a general energy standpoint, plant foods are giving us so much of this intelligence. They're giving us fiber, they're cleansing, they're giving us all the micronutrients, and it is the lightest from a digestive load. Animal products are much more complex 
protein chains and they need to be broken down and then assimilated. Mm. So in general, the more animal protein you eat, the more energy you're going to expend on digestion. Like that's just a fact because we're eating higher up on the food chain. And by the way, there's a much higher bioaccumulation of toxins. So then you're putting more pressure on your kidneys and your liver. So when it comes to, and you know, going back to our ancestors, they would come upon a mango grove, let's say, and they would binge on mangoes or they would find, you know, some food and they would eat a lot of it. So our body digests one food, like enzymes and substrates for that one food. So if you go and you look at your plate and there's like uh, 50 different things on it, let's say you're at the salad bar, you're like, I'll get a little this and a little me. that, or you open up your fridge and you're like, everything looks good. That's a much harder digestive load for your body. There's just going to be, our bodies are not trash compactors. We can't just eat everything and expect it to digest well. We want to simplify our meals. So I generally say load up on salad, cooked veggies, and then one concentrated food in an ideal world. So that could be lentils, that could be um, nuts, like a nut pate, that could be a soup, that could be chicken or fish. If someone eats meat, instead of eating chicken and fish and rice and a little bit of this and a little bit of that, the essence of food combining, first of all, is to just eat fewer components and more of those components so it's much easier on your body. And another part Mm -hmm. of food combining is to not drink a lot while you're eating. So I used to have clients and listen, I did it myself. I would sit down at a restaurant and I would start, actually, this is ridiculous. This sounds funny, but I did this in college. We, all my friends, we would chug water because I'm like, oh, I'm not as hungry. I won't eat as much. But the problem is you guys think about our bodies being largely water. Think about a waterfall. Did you read, do you guys, you read my first book? Mm-hmm. Talk about this. Okay, you remember yeah. the analogy with water yeah. versus a stagnant pond? Mm-hmm. So a waterfall is beautiful. It's moving, it's vibrant. And a stagnant pond has algae. It's very um, sticky and kind of yucky. <laughs> Just like things are accumulating. There's no movement. So think about that. When you digest food, when you eat, digestive enzymes are working on the food to break it down. And I always say, we are not what we eat. We are what we digest and assimilate. So you want to respect that process and you want to come into your meal hydrated. And if you drink a lot while you're eating, you're creating that stagnant pond scenario where you're actually diluting the digestive enzymes and you're making digestion much harder on your body. So I say drink ideally, you know, significant amounts before, half an hour before, half an hour after. Mm -hmm. If you need to sip on some water during, that's okay. And if you're going to have alcohol with meals, I say, you know, order your wine or order your drink and drink it while you're ordering your food because alcohol is actually absorbed through the stomach. So if you drink it a bit before you eat, you will acidify your foods less. Wow. So that's, I mean, there's a lot of other yeah. components, but that's sort of- um, There are a lot of a facts in there it. that I'll never forget for the rest I of know. my life. <laughs> Do you know when you like get, you you are told facts and you're just like, wow, I'm every I'm time changed. I eat, you know, like thinking about, you know, not eating too many different yes. types of food because the digestion process for each one is different or the digestive enzyme, whatever it is. It's, I mean, that will stick with me forever. And the, and the reason it sticks with you is because it resonates, you know, on like, you know, already yeah. that is, that is right. Like yeah. that feels good. Yeah. What doesn't stick are all these diets where it's like, I can never eat carbs, right? Yeah. I'm just eating this very high percentage fat. So true. Keto-esque. And if I eat a little bit of carbs, I mean, that in that type of diet, there is a relationship between fat and sugar. So if you had that much fat, you are going to gain weight if you eat some carbs. And mm-hmm. that just doesn't, 
feel right to right. me. You know, our, my juice bar, so many people come in, not so many, I mean, less now, but some people are like triple the protein powder and no bananas, no sugar. And I just think, you know, this banana has so many amazing beauty nutrients. It's so natural to eat. It grows on a tree. Where are we that we're scared to eat natural foods? I mean, fruit is such a high beauty food. Mm. It is so incredible. I find it very sad, but you have to understand the body, right? And if you have candida, I did have candida. I talk about this in the beauty detox solution, the blossoming beauty phase. There may be a period where you do need to cut out sugar to balance your system. But as you balance a healthy body should be able to handle healthy, natural food like fruit. So Mm. sometimes we just need to get back to that homeostasis first. How did you find out you had candida? So I, because I just was asking like, if a girl, like, how would a girl know if she had it? So there's symptoms, there are tests, but a lot of the tests are not necessarily accurate or, um, you know, may, may not be as conclusive. And then you have to go in, you spend all this money. So I say, if you look at the symptoms for what it is, and then you follow the Blossoming Beauty protocol for two weeks and you start to notice benefits, chances are you probably do have a level of Candida overgrowth. So candida is a natural part of our microflora. It's one of the yeasts. There's yeast and bacteria in our body that are meant to be there. But we go into periods of dysbiosis by taking antibiotics from stress, from eating pesticides, all kinds of reasons. And then an overgrowth of candida is usually indicated by it's difficult to lose weight. Check. That's what I had. Bloated check. That's what I had. You know, like you feel spacey. You, um, it's hard to concentrate, just all kinds of symptoms. So I was like, there's something going on in my body and it's not getting better. So then when I cut out gluten and dairy and started following it, it started getting so much better that, you know, then we know mm-hmm. it's actually benefiting. And then you could go mm-hmm. further and really help to reset your body. Yeah. Otherwise you're always, it's going to be like you're swimming, you're climbing uphill all the time. Mm. I'd love to talk about skin health. I get a lot of messages. I I struggle with my skin and it's, you know, last week it was fine. And then like yesterday things started to happen. I'm like, I know what is, what works, but then I don't know what sends it into breaking out again, to be completely honest. I cut out dairy, all the things, but I have a lot of girls reach out just struggling and I know you struggled. Yes. So like struggling with cystic acne. So I'd love to talk about the connection to the microbiome, to, you know, your large, small intestines. I don't know a lot about it, but what could be causing a breakout? I don't struggle with, but constipation. Right. But I know some people who do and break out because of it. I almost have the opposite. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, I want to dig into skin a little bit. cystic acne and regular acne too? Like okay. Everyone says they have cystic, but what's the difference? Okay, so first of all, let's let's talk in a general sense. Yeah. There is, and th- when I got this, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" For me, it was like different puzzle pieces that weren't fitting together. Oh, I'm I have IBS. I'm bloated. Oh, I have really bad acne. Oh, it's hard for me to lose weight. Oh, my energy's down. Like, and I didn't realize that it was actually part of one sort of root issue, mm-hmm. and. To your point, we definitely have to work on balancing our microbiome in a real way if we want to have good skin. And I say in a real way because there's so much hype now around. These words are just tossed around, gut health, microbiome. And I think there's a big misunderstanding about what really works and what doesn't, which I'll get into in a moment. But I just want to say that 
our skin is our largest organ and it is a detoxifying organ and it will definitely reflect outwardly what's happening on the inside of our system. So even if we're trying to use retinol or be on all these skincare products, and I'm a huge advocate for wonderful skincare. I'm very passionate about skincare. Actually, Mm -hmm. I have my own skincare product. But I, um, I think it's really important that we work deeply from the inside out. So first thing is understanding that to really benefit our gut health and rebalance, we need to have pro, we need to take probiotics that get into the gut. And I say that because there's a lot of very delicate ones. There's ones that are refrigerated. There's ones that have crazy high culture counts, but a lot of that's marketing and a lot of that's destroyed by your stomach acid. And there's a difference between resident forming and transient. So transient is like, okay, Somebody comes to LA and they stay at the hotel down the street and they pump gas and they eat out at a restaurant and then they leave the next day. So they benefited the local economy while they were here, right? They spent money, they did things, but then they're gone. Resident means I'm moving to LA. I'm starting a neighborhood watch group, a mom's club. I'm mm-hmm. uh, I'm gonna, you know, be a huge fan for the LA Lakers. Like you're actually here and you're part of boosting LA. So if someone tells me, Hey, I'm spending five to $7 a day on kombucha are taking all these crazy high, no, go back to the numbers, these crazy high numbers. I'm spending all this money. That's not really helping you. Because trans, it's great. I know a lot of people transition off soda and they have them have kombucha. Great, but it's not getting it. What gets in is, I would say, nature is our highest teacher. So I'm an advocate for SBO probiotics. And they're the kind, you know, over 12, 10 years really studying this, understanding that SBO stands for soil-based organisms. So all our ancestors, whether they came from England or Africa or Asia or wherever, Mm. they were actually eating a little bit of dirt every day from unwashed vegetables. And that dirt creates, has perfect bacteria mix that creates healthy soil and that will create health and balance in your body and get through. So with skin conditions, that's how I started to really heal was taking the SBO probiotics. Secondly, I think a big issue is people are so focused. The Western approach is always like, give me, what do I take? Give me more pills. What's the missing uh, food, which is important, right? We need to look at our diet, but there isn't enough emphasis on releasing more every day. So even Lindsay, if you're pooping every day, there the amount that we release and what we could release and also getting back into that impaction and what is in our cecum and what's in impacted in our fat cells, for instance, which hold heavy metals and mm. toxins to keep them from recirculating around the blood. We need to have protocols for what I call ongoing cleansing and detoxification. And that is the way to also really create beautiful, healthy skin. So- there's something I take almost every day called Detoxy, which is an oxygen product. And it goes in, oh, and yeah. it cleans the blood, and it has ASC2P, which is a form of vitamin C that repairs the telomeres. So there's a very anti-aging effect as well, but it's cleaning out. And so what does that mean when we clean out? When we clean out all, and we create, it means we create more space, and there's more oxygen, and there's more nutrients that can flow and repair. Cleaner blood is going to result in more beautiful skin. So whether you're trying to combat acne, rosacea, eczema, I mean, you know, rash, rashes, patchiness, 
the list goes on and on and on. When you're, you want to work with a microbiome, but you want to clean out overall. So I'd say take your probiotics, cut out difficult to digest foods like gluten and dairy, but take detoxy, something like that. That's also going to get in and start to clean. And for me, that was when I started to be able to grow my hair back because your hair wow. follicle- your hair is insane. You guys. I know. Oh, thank you. It's my down love. to my floor. You're yeah. a little butt crack. So cute. <laughs> you know, you know what my friends used to call me? What? Bun head. <laughs> you, why? Because you wear a bun on your head all the time? I would wear it in a little bun because it was oh. so nasty and gnarly no. and, and wiry and- and really? like, it was like, it's a, hard to believe too. It was be like one dreadlock. I don't believe you. Stop <laughs> lying. Kim, stop lying. It's looking at it in a deeper way. So, yeah. so many girls say to me, oh, my hair won't grow. I'm taking biotin. And I'm like, okay, well, first of all, you're just trying to pop a pill. Second of all, biotin is one member of the B-complex family and they're meant to be taken synergistically. They, they work as a unit. And thirdly, that's not... You know, that's going to do have some benefit, but we need to clean your system out because why isn't your hair growing? Your hair follicle is not considered an essential organ by your body. Your kidneys are and your lungs are. So if there's limited nutrition going around, it ain't going to go to your hair. And if we wanted to go to the hair and the extremities and really build beautiful skin, we need to clean out. We need to create that healthy, strong blood. And that's where the oxygen, which is not a laxative. It's not habit forming. It's not even herbal. Like senna and certain herbs can actually exhaust your adrenals over time. Mm -hmm. So So that has been really transformative for me and pretty much all my clients take it. And it's, I mean, that's like a big secret quote secret yeah. because it's not, I talk about it all the time and I have it, but, um, but yeah, that's a game changer for your skin. I've been taking like a chlorophyll oxygen something, but I know it's, it's totally different. different. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's, that's great too. Like it's very oxygenating in your blood. There's certain greens, there's chlorophyll and, you know, spirulina and some of the algaes, which are wonderful, but, but this, this is, is a specific okay. nasen oxygen that is time released to get between the old impaction and your GI tract basically and start 98 percent of your blood flows through your colon and can pick up extra waste. So when, and also there's a, um, and it goes, it's like, it's like layers and layers and layers. Your colon is very connected to your liver, right? There's the enterohepatic exchange every seven minutes. And you start to think about all your endocrine system, especially for women. If your thyroid gets screwed up, your period is going to be screwed up. And we look at the age, you know, we look at where we are today and how many young women have PCOS and issues with their rhythms. I mean, So we want to really work first to clean the body and get all these obstructive elements out, which are really interfering with our biorhythms, all these endocrine disruptors, all these things which are disrupting us. And and yes, not to be too much on a tangent, but our skin directly reflects that. So you know, Lindsay, if there's something going on here, there's something going on. Oh yeah. Just like bloating. And even like emotional stuff. Like I know it's all connected, but like I'm convinced- at certain times when I'm like not speaking up and like we've talked about this, but like I do break out more. Like my body is like holding on to more. I don't know how to describe Ener- it, but there's a connection. Energy. Skin conditions are not just because of what you're eating. I know. Acne is said to be um, in the energetic space. And there was a book written about this a long time ago by I think Louise Hay. She wrote about different conditions in the body as symptomatic. It always starts with the mind. Ayurveda says all disease starts with the mind. So acne is um, like unresolved anger, 
Mm. Like different types of acne, right? Like it's just like you're anger, you're not processing things. Yes. So I was holding a lot. We repress and suppress our emotions a lot. So when I was constipated and breaking out, my diet helped. But you know what? Changing my diet lightened my body and that made me feel calmer. So there's so many layers. And if we work on limiting beliefs, and again, that's such a huge part of this book, Your Perfectly Imperfect Life, working with the mind, inflammation isn't just caused by sugar. It's actually caused by inflammatory thought patterns, guilt and shame and anger. It's This is measurable, you guys. Your inflammation biomarkers reflect that searing in your cells, that change. And so if we're not working with the mind, if we're not working to balance our emotions and our spiritual health, and again, plants and herbs can be very supportive to this, we're never going to be truly well. Our skin is never going to be amazing all the time because everything is so connected. Amen. I'm going to fall over. I know. This is and I'm so, ordering so, detoxifiers. I, I was like, you don't even know how quick she's going to order that shit. <laughs> you know, I should have brought you guys some today. No, I it's okay. I'm gonna literally going to order it right now. Yeah. Um, um, I want to talk about uh, hormone balancing. So, you know, you mentioned it too. And it is interesting to think about, um, you know, all the things that are potentially disrupting our endocrine system that could yes. be contributing to the fact that a lot of women in our community are not getting their periods regularly. They have PCOS. Yes. You know, they're needing- Huge issue. Huge. Crazy how many women write into me with PCOS. It's wild. Yeah. And they're needing to rebalance their hormones maybe after they're getting off hormonal birth control or, you know, there's just a variety of things that are going on in conversations now around hormones in our community. So I'd love to talk about, you know, PCOS and kind of your thought process behind how women can deal with that or manage that. And then how we can balance our hormones through um, food and eating. Sure. So I would expand that to say food, eating, lifestyle, right? So there's all these um, sacred rhythms in nature and that has become a huge interest for me looking at everything has this rhythm. You know, my my company is called Saluna, the sun and the moon, which is a very shamanic way of looking at things, but it's not just bright and sunny all the time, right? There's this dark circle, this cycle where you go in and you rest and you rejuvenate or you look at, you work on yourself, you let the pain come out, you let the grief come out, the anxiety. And so sacred rhythm is a really important part of balancing hormones. People are, we are so disconnected from our cycles because we are up late. You know, I lived in New York city, people are eating dinner at 10 at night. And then we have these screens and we're you know, watching, looking at blue lights all the time. And it's very, our endocrine system is very related to all parts of our body. And it's very much related to our fertility Um, and inflammation. All all of it is related. So back to your question about resetting hormones. Number one, we want to eat very cleansing, nourishing foods. So just having the glowing green smoothie, for instance, which is going to stabilize your blood sugar levels. For the average American, it's almost going to double your fiber intake. So you're starting to have this rhythm. Of, it's not a juice because we want that fiber. So one of the ways you can clean out is the combination of enzymes and fiber. Enzymes are catalysts in raw food and you can take digestive enzymes, which I am also a huge advocate of as well. So you actually get more nutrition from your food. But the enzymes spark up and then the fiber starts to pull out. Just having more very cleansing, fiber-rich foods is one of the best things that you're going to do for your thyroid, which again is very related to a lot of these issues with menstrual cycles for your body overall. Number two, cleaning up your whole 
lifestyle, um, cleaning products, makeup, skincare products. I mean, that's a direct exposure in. That's kind of obvious, right? A lot of people talk about that. But I don't number it's that obvious. I, th- I think it's like a newer thing. Okay. From what yeah. I understand. So I'm I guess really in my world, it. yes. I don't, don't mean to say that, but totally. for sure. Um, if you are, if you have, if you are suffering from an issue, um, whether it be fatigue or, you know, with your menstrual cycle or PCOS, just look around what is in your home because they say now indoor pollution can be worse than outdoor pollution. All that, you know, spray, all that crap, you know, all that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so easy to just shift and to get cleaner products. So do that. Look at what, what you're using on your floor, what you're putting on your skin, what lotion you're using. What is, what is all that stuff? Because it does yeah. bioaccumulate. But here's where I think is a huge source of toxicity that people don't get. And I did this prenatal course. I, w- I just shot this course last week. So this is very top of mind for me. And where do you guys think most environmental toxins come into our, where do they come into our body? skin. Well, I mean, I mean, we absorb oh. a lot through our skin, but it's actually, Water. and again, I, I say this and I know some people are going to be like, oh my gosh, like it's not that you're doing anything wrong. It's not that you have to cut it all out, but 90%, for instance, of dioxin exposure comes through meat. Oh, Organ- oh she talking- said it. I'm talking even <laughs> organic, pasture raised, you yeah. know, grass fed, they're out there in the environment and it bioaccumulates. And that is a huge, these are disrupting our system. Mm-hmm. So again, you can eat organic meat all day long. And by the way, for the environmental reasons, it's 90% of rainforest destruction. They're killing the forest for more grazing land for this so-called organic, you know, pasture yeah. fed beef. But again, from our, from what you're talking about with PCOS, there's a ton, even if it's steroid free and hormone free, that is a huge source of these very disruptive toxins coming into our bodies. And if you want to really clean up, you, you know, again, eat more plant foods, eat less meat, whether you want to give it up all or not, eat less, eat less meat and dairy mm-hmm. for sure. And then rhythms. So if you regulate, you try to regulate when you're eating, try to, that will help you go to bed, you know, just getting enough sleep. Um, There's so many different things I could say about that aspect as well. And then there's a lot of research correlating, you know, the PCOS with just, you know, think about what our, our endocrine system is very tied to our nervous system. So stress, which we hear time and time again, how are we dealing with stress and emotional well-being? There's so much of it that's like we see things online, we're talking to people less, we're bottling things up, we're pushing it down. So journaling, community, talking more to really supportive friends, walking after work, taking a shower with essential oils, whatever you can do to really let that stress out of your body is also really important with establishing rhythms besides dietary change. So I'm a huge believer in that as well. Love that. Yeah, it's such a it's, well. It's just a it's a hot topic in our community. It's I mean, we, so hot, and it's funny because we've talked about it a lot before. But yep. like, there just seems to be more and more women struggling with this, and they just feel so helpless. So this information is just so so valuable and important to them, you know, because they feel lost, and a lot of them are in places that are like not like LA, where right. this information is kind of like it happening in the coffee shop. Like it is kind of a taboo thing for them to explore their reproductive health and all of this. So I just think it's really, really valuable. I think that small little steps really start to add up. So for instance, starting your day with hot water with lemon, 
which is on so many levels, completely nourishing. It's starting on an up. There's research correlating lemons and the enzymes in lemons with rebuilding liver tissue. And your liver is your main detoxifying organ. So just these little things before you have your coffee, just while you're putting on your makeup Mm -hmm. or getting ready, just sip hot water with lemon. That's a huge, amazing thing you can do for yourself. You know, take your SBO probiotics. These little things really do make a difference. And it doesn't have to be this complete overhaul, which can be confusing and overwhelming. Just little touch points throughout the day. That's what my program is really about. And then you can keep adding on to it Yeah, over time. I'd love to talk about the book before we wrap yes. up. It's a beautiful book. And I, I, I'd love to know kind of the inspiration. You've written books before, but this is so different. So I'd love to yes. know what they can expect. So originally this was actually going to be a children's nutrition book. Did I tell you guys that? No. We shot the cover when I was pregnant uh. and had this whole plan. And then and then I just had some life circumstances. My mom passed away really suddenly within three days of my son turning one. And it was like, like uh. I just looked at everything very differently and my work shifted. And so I felt like I had to write this book about healing and food and the bridge, like we were talking about the bioenergetics and like what real wellness is. Because I walk around and I've been a nutritionist now for over 10 years. And there's so many people that are skinny and have great hair and great skin and they're miserable and they're dying inside and they're aging at an accelerated rate. So it's shifting. It's the whole first part is really working with body shame and limiting beliefs. And then it's anchored with the foods and the elixirs to support you going through that change. And the food is all healthy. It's beautifying. It's properly food combined, but it's, it's working with paradigm shifts. So for instance, even the title, your perfectly imperfect life, I'm a recovering perfectionist. I used to beat myself up. I was undiagnosed anorexic, but definitely bulimic in high school. I would beat myself up in the mirror. I mean, there's just, I've been through everything, like every diet, everything. It was just so, I couldn't get past the surface and it wasn't perfect and nothing was good enough. And then I changed one word. And I talk about this. If we can change from or to and. So or is I'm fat or I'm skinny. I'm pretty or I'm ugly. I'm a success or I'm a failure. I mean, perfectionism, which I think is so widespread today with all the shame and the guilt. It's like I'm on or I'm off. I'm following this diet or I effed up and I'm off it, right? But if we switch to and, I mean, even when I say it, like my shoulders drop. I'm healthy and sometimes I still want to have a bunch of chocolate or I, I, you know, I'm into wellness and sometimes I'm going to go out with my friends. I'm going to drink a bunch of wine. You know, I'm a good mom and sometimes I need time to myself. So it just start. it's this idea that we're always going to have imperfections. We're always going to want to lose a couple more pounds or have better skin or, you know, have a bigger social media following or have this amazing boyfriend, whatever it is. But if we are in touch with the perfect part of ourselves, we're actually both. We're perfect and we're imperfect. And we touch that part. First of all, we're perfect just because we exist. And that's like wrapping your mind around that. Not because you have to earn it or scramble for it, but just because, you know, whatever your spiritual belief is, we're unique souls, we're channels, we're this life force, we're this prana. There's nobody in the world like you. So if you connect with that, doesn't mean we don't try to improve our diet. We don't try to improve this stuff, but we don't take it so seriously. Our self-esteem doesn't tank if we gain 10 pounds over the holidays. So we connect with that. 
Again, food can be very supportive. The herbs and the foods and the practices. People get happier just from drinking the glowing green smoothie, shifting from egg white omelets every morning, which take a couple hours to digest and don't have fiber and your blood sugar can get out of whack and so on and so forth. If we nourish ourselves from in a deeper way, we start to journal, we start to feel our feelings. We start to actually meditate or have some kind of stillness practice. Mm -hmm. We follow this morning routine, which I teach, which is hot water with lemon, SBO probiotics, some kind of meditation and glowing green smoothie. Our life changes. So we start to feel better and we can you know, work with the body, we work with foods, but we can start to open up our minds and our emotional well-being as well as our spiritual. And that's when we start to feel good. And the amazing thing, you guys, is when we work on these levels, my body has never been more fit. I see this with all my clients. It's not just me. Yeah, you're banging. Well, thank you. <laughs> banging. I, I used to have a really intense yoga practice. Mm-hmm. And then when my mom passed, I felt like I needed to ground myself. I needed to get outside. So I just do beach walks every day. But I've let go of so much heaviness and yeah. so much anxiety. And I know this may sound, um, you know, like, uh, like, what is that? Like, can you really change your body with your mind? Can you change your life with processing emotions. And yes, you can. Everything is energy. I mean, there's a there's a study that um, I reference in the book about people that were obese people that were given the lowest amount of calories. I think it was 550 calories, something like that, to maintain their body temperature. And they were put in this clinic and they were still gaining weight. Energy. They were holding on. Mm. What is fat? It's protective. It's and energy. It's um, so, anyways, what I'm saying is there's so much more to wellness. There's so much more to all of this than just what we can see and pick up and feel and touch calories, protein, carbs. It's not the whole picture. Working on the level of looking at the energy of foods, how does it affect me? Having more fiber, which is a natural way to control your calories, thinking about emotional well being, all the tools. I give so many tools and strategies and tips in the book, as well as practical food recipes, because I feel like this is what people really need to feel good in their bodies and their lives and to feel empowered and to not be obsessed, but yet to get those amazing results. I love that. I love that. I know you're crushing. I love the and mentality too. Just thinking about life and people in general, you know, not, I think with online culture right now, it's such a, this person is this way, this person is that way. And it's like, they are this way and they are that way. Or I am good sometimes and I am bad sometimes. Or I am selfish. I am compassionate. I am kind. I am not kind. You know, I am judgmental. I'm not judgmental. So like seeing everyone as the whole and seeing the body, the mind and spirit, you know, as the whole, as a part of that is really beautiful. So that is awesome. Well, and that's when we really tap into our power, the wholeness, you know, the saluna is the sun and the moon, the dark and the light. If we just are like, well, I'm the, I'm the funny one. I'm the happy one. I'm the upbeat one. And then if we start to feel sadness or there's things that we don't like, and we just push them down, that is affecting us on a cellular level. And it's almost like an energy bomb when we can, see things. We can actually look at ourselves and and have these realizations. It's like all this suppressed energy gets released like an energy Mm -hmm. bomb. And we just, we're most powerful when we're our whole self, not when we're trying to be this image or just trying to look a certain way and this fake perfection, the filtered Instagram image of ourself, but we're real. And there's this power that comes in that. And it's so magnetic and it really opens up your body and it takes out all this stress and your adrenals, your nervous system, your endocrine system, I believe starts to reset the more we are connected to our whole selves. 
it's it runs through every part of our life. I feel that. Feel that. Where can our girls get the book? So you can get the new book everywhere. Amazon, mm-hmm. Barnes and Noble, your favorite retailer. Bam. The bookstores that so are exciting. still left standing. But yeah, it's all around. And awesome. where can people connect with you? So my website is mysaluna.com. You'll see my podcast as well. It's yeah. called The Feel Good Podcast. I want to have you guys on for sure. Aww. And we do have uh, supplements and non-toxic high-performance skincare, all sorts of offerings as well. It's amazing. This site yeah. is so beautiful. It's beautiful. Oh, thank you. Your branding so inside much. is so beautiful. Thank you. So beautiful. Mm. Thank you so much. This was... <laughs> I know. <laughs> I could talk to you guys forever, I feel like. Yeah. Let's hang. <laughs> we should start a podcast. <laughs> Thank you, ladies. So Thank good. You. Thanks for coming. We love you. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you so much, Kimberly. You can get her book, Recipes for Your Perfectly Imperfect Life, everywhere books are sold, plus on Amazon. And then listen to her podcast, The Feel Good Podcast with Kimberly Snyder. Yeah. We love you, sweetheart. Sweet, beautiful angel of the earth. Um, (laughs) Wanted to read a sweet comment that I got in my DMs just as a shout out. This is from Anne. I just wanted to let you know how much I've been enjoying Almost 30. It is enlightening, entertaining, resourceful, supportive, thought-provoking, and conversation starting. I am a stay-at-home mom to an awesome one and a half-year-old son And hanging out with you and Lindsay has helped me on many days that I could have felt lonely, Mm. as well as being a part of the Facebook group. Thank you for your bravery, vulnerability, sincerity, and commitment to this incredible network you've established. What I thank you so much, Anne. That was so kind, and I'm so glad you're here. Mm. I just really loved that, and I really resonated with that about feeling lonely when you're a mom. You know, I am not a mom, but. I na- I've nannied most of my life and I do recall times where I would be there all day, every day and it gets lonely. Yeah, The kids napping, you know, they're outside playing and, you know, children are, are smarter than us and they're a teacher in many ways, but it is hard to stay actively engaged like that 24 seven totally. in and, that creative brain. And to be the, the person that they need. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, obviously you have needs too. The mother has needs too. And it's, that comes second. So it's like being the resource and then you kind of are sucked dry, yes. dry, literally and figuratively. So, and you're just, you know, sometimes you just want to talk to adults. You want to have yeah. an adult conversation. You want to feel like another side of you. You know, there's the mother side of you, which is so beautiful, but you want to feel mm-hmm. like another side of you. So, you know, to help someone not feel as lonely. I, I used to have my podcast on all the time when I was, you know, babysitting at you know, years and years ago, even in New York when I was babysitting, but I just really felt for that. So I'm so thankful that you sent that message. I'm thankful you're part of our community. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you're part of the Almost 30 Motherhood group. Yes. So we do have a group of mothers um, on Facebook. So Almost 30 Motherhood. Um, there's a group in there that you guys can join and connect. Yes. I love our mamas. I do too. Yeah. We've been trying to, you know, think about episodes too for moms to be moms, yeah. you know, yeah. just because we're not moms doesn't mean that we can't Pita, have Pita's a, was really great. Yeah. Daniela Kende's was really great. So the modern good. fertility one as it relates to fertility and miscarriage was really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we've had, you know, various conversations throughout about motherhood, but I completely agree with you. Thanks so much for listening. We love you. Thank you for your feedback, for your reviews, your messages, your DMs. We read every single one of them. So we can't thank you enough. This is an ongoing conversation. This is a community where you can feel like you can be yourself all the time. 
and we feel like that too. So yeah. thank you for creating that space and we'll see you next time. We have a new episode every Tuesday and Thursday. Share with your friends. It means the world to us and we'll see you next time. See you soon. Bye.